Stress Less Spiritually with Carly Myers. This is episode 23 on What Has My Attention. And this is part two of a two-part series. And in part one, episode 22, Stress Less, we specifically went over Carly's program to reduce stress. And of course, I recommend you go listen to that episode 22. In this episode 23, Stress Less Spiritually, we go on to cover the topics of shame and guilt, loneliness and isolation, religious trauma, and Carly's definition of spirituality in her business. The undefined thing that leads us from a state of struggle to a beautiful state of mind. On a side note, I was on Kelly Bagley's podcast, Go Legal Yourself, episode 93, titled, How to Love Your Podcast Producer, where, of course, we talked about podcasting. It's good. I love it. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I'm sure there's a whole lot more, but we'll save it for later. So... Carly, just in the last week or so, what has really had your attention? Mm. What has really had my attention? I will say acupuncture and cupping has really had my attention as of the last week. And I think that's because I just had my first acupuncture appointment last Friday. First one ever? First one ever. And I, I know, I can't believe I made it this far without experiencing it. Um, and just the concept of cupping was really interesting. It's something that I said for a long time I wouldn't do because I've seen, uh, for those of us who are familiar with it, you know, you get the, the nice big rings on your back or wherever you got the head yeah, cupping so, done. Yeah, describe to us what cupping is. So as well as I can as a, as a newbie to it. So basically cupping is where they take these glass cups, for better, uh, for lack of a better word, they're kind of ovalish on the bottom and they put them on the place of tension on your body. In my case, it was my back and my shoulder because I sit at the desk all day and they they actually suck the air out of this cup. And so what it does is it basically sucks your muscle or your skin into this cup. Sounds horrifying. (laughs) But um, what it does is it actually, it's like the same concept of a deep tissue massage in that they're creating pressure in the tent areas of your body so that that muscle can release the knot or the pressure or whatever the tension it's been carrying. Mm-hmm. So I was really scared about cupping for a long time because what happens when they, they put these cups on you, on your body or your, on, for me, it was my back, is that they leave these circles from the suction all over your back. And in some cases, some people that'll, they'll, they'll uh, the circles will be red or some people for me, mine was purple because I, I just, I have no idea. They just were, they didn't hurt. It's not like I leaned against the back of my chair and it was painful, but it leaves these marks. And, uh, so I would see these marks on other people and I was like, Oh no way. No, (laughs) this looks terrifying. Absolutely not. And, um, I bet you don't have any tattoos either. Huh? I don't, I don't, but I have fun story. I, I have an idea of what I want to get right here on my wrist. And I've had that idea for like 10 years. We'll see when I pull the trigger on that. Are you going to share it with us? 
Um, so what I wanted to have is the Venus of Willendorf tattooed, that little figurine. It's, she's like a little, are you familiar with her at No. all? So she's a prehistoric figurine um, that it's really like people argue, the experts argue what she was used for, whether she was like a fertility goddess, just a child's toy, an aphrodisiac for men, uh, really weird stories around it, but she's really like this mythical creature. Um, or figurine. Nobody knows what she was really there for. But what's really fascinating about this particular figurine and this time period is that this was prehistoric. So it was before we had trains, planes, and automobiles. So all of these different cultures around the globe were creating very similar figurines, but nobody Oh, was communicating with each other. spontaneously. So spontaneously, all around the same time. So this type of figurine is incredibly important. but no one knows why. Um, Mm. And for some reason, I just really love, I love the power of that And the mystery. and, and the mystery of that. And I also, for me, I associate it with this kind of concept of the divine feminine, this like strength, like no one knows why, no one knows why things are the way they are, why things are so important, but they just are, and that's okay. Well, please let me know when that has been manifest. This really has my attention a lot because you were talking about the sacred feminine. You know, I've been following the sacred feminine for 14 years now, which is why most of my uh, what has my attention is mostly on uh, women in leadership and executive roles, you know, strong Yeah. leaders, which Yeah. I, I, I consider you to be have that strength. Would you agree? Would you consider yourself a strong leader? I would. I would. Great. I appreciate that compliment. <laughs> No, I, I, that's, that's how I see you. Um, and this doesn't have to be somebody that is uh, sitting in an executive position in some company, but a woman that, um, like yourself, that is very clear and uh, um, in the mode of the sacred feminine and servitude. You know, Yeah. it's really Yeah. pretty Yeah. awesome. Leadership is such an interesting concept. I think a lot of people think of leadership as just what you were describing, right? They're in the, they're, they've got the office, they got the suit, they're sitting, sitting there. Yep. And um, the opportunity for leadership is in so many places. And I would, you know, I would consider myself a leader of my own life and a leader of my mental health, a leader in my relationships, a leader for my, an actual uh, more bossy quote leader with my team and in my company, right? But there's so many ways in which I lead and I, and Yeah. I think that's Well, the opportunity. the one thing I know is just because you have um, some position in a company, CEO or whatever, VP or whatever, does not make you a leader. I follow the works of Simon Sinek and Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. with Simon, you know, basically as leader who is responsible for people under him that are responsible for others. You know, it's just important to make the person that you're quote unquote managing or, or leading, you know, just give them the best you have and allow them to make mistakes and say, great, I know it didn't work out. Let's try again. You know, and I think a real leader is not about power over. Nope. It's about power with. Exactly. I get that about you. Yeah. Thanks. That's awesome. So Carly, here's a question for you too, which is,
I'm sure you have several, but name one defining moment in your life where everything changed. Oh, my. And I, for those people listening to the audio po- version of the podcast, her eyes and her whole attention <laughs> just went up. She went, oh, my God, I have no idea what you just saw. Did you yeah. see one or two or three things, or was there one? I saw two things. Okay. So and can... I, I, my eyes got big because both were really powerful but in very different ways. Mm-hmm. And one is um, it is very dark to share, but I think it's going to I think it's going to be the most powerful to share. So I will try to give the cliff notes version. So when I the reason that I started the stressless company is actually because of an experience I had when I was about 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And around that time, my mom ended up dating a bad apple. And I quickly realized it broke the relationship off. And as we do, when we go through breakups, when we're ready, we start dating again, we see other people. That's exactly what my mom did. And the problem was, is that that ex-boyfriend never let go. And so when I was 12 years old, that ex-boyfriend actually broke into my childhood home, killed my mom's new boyfriend and tried to kill my mom. Oh my God, Carly. Yeah. So I told you it was dark. And It was, my mom ended up surviving. It was actually a miracle. The doctor said she had a 3% chance of, of surviving. She was shot point blank in the back of her head. So, oh my um, gosh. but she ended up surviving. And if you saw her today, you would have no idea. But I think the defining moment is for me related to that incident about 10 years later, when maybe, maybe a little bit longer where I had struggled with PTSD, with stress, with overwhelm, with night terrors, I mean, you name it, I was probably struggling with it. And I had finally discovered creative stress reduction. So I could get that critical thinking back, which was very important to step through this. And I had the realization that there's no one size fits all, that there's a different way of doing things. And once I was done throwing my temper tantrum about how, <laughs> about why the heck is not, why isn't anybody talking about this? Really, truly. Um, the realization that was really powerful, that moment was when I was, it just like hit me like a ton of bricks and I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be the one talking about this. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. It took me another 10 years, 15 years before I figured out what that looked like. But I knew that this conversation needed to happen because opening up and getting those five or so mainstream approaches, not being told that there's more options, feeling like there's something wrong. Like for me, I felt like there was something wrong with me. Like why didn't these things work? That's not okay. So that was a really huge defining time moment in my life. Well, thank you deeply for sharing that. I mean, that takes a lot to be able to share that. Yesterday, I had a conversation with a woman, and uh, we kind of connected very much the same way we're connecting and uh, had a conversation, and what came out of it was that, you know, she is has a strong passion for wanting to, in community, actually share her experiences living in an abusive relationship. And with two children, how even though she's going through divorce, it's still not final, nor will it ever be final. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's hopefully going to evolve into either a podcast or a community. I'm going to help. I'm going to help her as much as I can to start this conversation with other women. Mm. Yeah, because it's because so like you, I mean, you just you just if 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 you know if it's not somebody else, it's got to be you. Mm. Yeah. And me myself, I consider myself uh, a carnival barker. <laughs> Step right up. <laughs> Love that analogy. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's beautiful, but it's powerful. It's powerful work. Um, and especially, like, I think with stories like that, it it's that vulnerability example that we were talking about earlier, right? Sharing stories like that enables other people to, first of all, say, like, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. I, I There's nothing wrong with me. And and then allows them to move beyond the shame or the guilt or whatever it is that they were feeling. At least for me, that's what it did for me. It helped me move beyond the overwhelm, the shame, the guilt, the, the symptoms and, and start doing the work. Yeah. You know, when the pandemic started, I was inspired by some people I work with that have a I'll plug them, relationshipbydesign.com, that know more about relationships than anybody I've ever met. They're in their late 70s, early 80s. Mm. And when the pandemic happened, you know, we all started talking about social distancing. And Lon one day said to me, it was over Zoom, he said, nope, physical distancing, yes. Social distancing, no. Mm -hmm. And then what evolved out of it for me was realizing that regarding isolation, which people were experiencing, that the vaccine against isolation is relationship and connection. Mm-hmm. And I'll take it a step further and say, the pandemic could be over and people are still feeling isolated. And that well, this- relationship and connection and conversation is really, really important. Yeah, I mean, this is pre-pandemic an issue that the pandemic just just exacerbated right like loneliness mm-hmm. loneliness is a huge epidemic around the globe especially with the concept speaking of relationships where we believe somehow we've been taught or or socialized or whatever to believe that we are to find all of our connection and love in one person Ugh. ah sounds horrible <laughs> it takes a village it takes a community it takes so much and so it's funny that you bring that up because I'm actually reading a book. I'm looking across the room right now to see what it's called. It's called Unlonely Planet. And oh. it's all and it was written pre-pandemic, so it doesn't have, you know, yeah. that that con that flip or that context, but um it's about how healthy congregations can can really change the world and specifically secular healthy con- congregations. Um because that that's the community those are the people that are feeling, in many contexts, the, the most loneliness. But even traditional congregations, there's that because there's not that deeper something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you and I, I think, in a previous conversation, were tell me if I have this wrong, is but multiple partner relationships. No, we haven't talked about that. But oh boy, I'd, I'd be interested to <laughs> engage in well, that conversation. Yeah, I have a limited view on it, but what's what's your view? I mean, because you did make the statement that we, you know, we want to get everything from one person. And so yeah. when I was talking about relationship by design, they have like three strikes. 
Uh, mm. Three things they kind of talk about, and it's a, there's a much bigger picture. But the first one is the fantasy that when you quote unquote fall in love with somebody or or initially get involved in a relationship, that's what you have a tendency to do. Yeah. But where in fact we have two similar stories going on, but but you can't expect the other person to be there be there always, anytime, forever. Yeah, exactly. Now, one of the things that I personally experienced, especially related to my own trauma, is that I wanted my partner to to do, do just that. Basically be, we can get into a spiritual conversation around this, but basically Let's. be my higher power, right? Like oh, to be, wow. to keep me safe, to be there anytime I question or in need, to just to be this unconditional love, this uh, unrelenting force mm. in my life. And that was really problematic. First of all, it created a needy, clingy, weird energy. But second of all, I was handing off all of my power to my partners. All of it. I feel lonely, fix it. I feel sad, fix it. I feel X, fix it. And that other person's like, whoa, what the heck is happening here? Not what I signed up for, right? And so it's really empowering to say, first of all, I know it's, it's not possible for this one person to meet all of my needs. That's just, it's just not. But second of all, where am I not taking responsibility? Like, mm. I think we can talk about the community and having a bunch of people, which is incredible. And, and we should talk about that. But I think it also starts with saying, where am I trying to outsource the work? Where am I trying to outsource my emotional baggage to try to have someone else fix it? And we know deep down that they can't. Yeah. You know, I, I had a, a friend who for a long time was convinced that she was just, she was ugly. It didn't matter how many times we told her, goodness, are you kidding me? Look in the freaking mirror, right? Didn't matter how many times we told it, told her that because it was an inside job. Yeah. So I think it starts there and then it goes out. Okay, yeah, we still need love and belonging. We still need connection. We still need someone to laugh at our jokes sometimes. Yeah, that's still, still important, right? So. My my partner is probably not gonna laugh at my joke my joke about I don't know my period joke. He's probably not gonna get it, right? <laughs> like my <laughs> girlfriends are gonna get that. They that's the place where I should get that type of connection. And so it's knowing that the, each person in our lives not only serve their own purpose for themselves, but they serve a purpose for us. The connection that we have is very unique and very special, and it has context. Mm -hmm. So is this is this the entree into the spiritual conversation? <laughs> well, it could be. It could be. Considering, I think one of the biggest realizations I had around spirituality was that, um, one, I was I was really truly trying to give another person the job of a higher power. Mm -hmm. um, but two, I think the reason that that happened was because of my personal resentment towards what I thought. God was mm. and my personal experience especially with trauma you know uh, for me it was it looked like I was raised uh, very very Christian I was Christian Methodist 
And so the way that I was raised is if you have a problem, pray it away. So my perspective growing up, I had quite a bit of problems, a lot of mental health stuff going on. So I was a prayer warrior, as like as they like to say, when I, where I grew up. And it was silence on the other side. And maybe it wasn't. Maybe I just couldn't see it. But that was my perspective, mm-hmm. silence. And so that built resentment and anger and frustration and where the, why the heck would you even let this happen if you're not even going to be here for me? Da, 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 da. Yeah. And, and thus led to trying to make another person my higher power unconsciously. I wasn't, you know, saying, wasn't thinking that. Um, but I think in conversation over the last 15, 20 years, I've had, uh, I've had a lot of conversations like this not necessarily always surrounded by trauma, although my story with trauma and religion is very common. It doesn't matter what the trauma is. Like, how could you let this happen, higher power? How, why weren't you there, right? Um, but the flip side of that, that scenario is also the, some of the stuff that's been happening in terms of suppressing who we really are and what we want and what we desire and what we need. Um, can can happen in that in the context and that in and of itself the suppression of who we really are over and over and over again still trauma because we're taught to then disconnect and i think that's probably one of the reasons why so many of us numb and don't want to deal with it because we've been taught to do that yeah so kind of the visual i was getting is is that as we're as we are raised um we are you know, there's a level, there's a point where it, there's a, let me do it this way, that we're raised a certain way, get my face out of the way. Okay, we'll go over here. <laughs> Is, uh, you know, it's like, you know, you're basically given certain expectations and, you know, values and all that sort of a thing. And at some point, there's a sense that you have your own sense about who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is it gets, suppressed because this never really gets dealt with Mm -hmm. so we never really question the values that we were raised with yeah and those values can be really really valuable and be incorporated but it's you know it's this one that is you Mm -hmm. and the internal dialogue that you were given about who they thought you were never really gets dealt with well i i also think that it's a conversation in terms of like religious trauma that that we're never what i think is problematic is we're never really asked to question what our higher power or values or whatever are we're told at least in my experience i was told this Mm -hmm. is what god is god is a man god is you know He's watching over you. He, he even is. looks like he even looks like this. See, and they mm-hmm. point to a picture yep. of Jesus that or God is, or whatever. That is God, and that is right. And so there was never the opportunity to say, "Well, what does God look like to you? Mm. Do you what is spirit, universe, whatever? Maybe the word God doesn't resonate with you, but what does it look like for you? And I think that's really problematic. Because one of the reasons I personally had to take a step back for a long time is that I was like, well, if God is vengeful and a voyeur and being all judgy and I'm going to go to hell for like one little thing that I said, I don't want that. No, thank you. 
And it took me a long time. I had this like just big aha moment where I was like, wait a second, I can choose not to believe that. And this is actually one of the one of the conversations that I have with my clients. This first step that I have in my system, the stress less method, is to deepen our spiritual understanding. Because what you know, it's really important. First of all, and my mind's taking me in two different directions, so I'm trying to choose. So I'm going to go in one direction here. So for now, for now, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the reason that spirituality, whatever that means to you, is so important is because it enables us to hand off things that are outside of our control. Because a lot of what I see, especially in the work of my clients, is that when they come to me, they are spending a lot of their energy worrying about things that are completely outside of their control. What happens if grandma gets sick? What happens if the COVID pandemic gets worse? What happens back in November with the presidential election? What happens? What happens? What happens? These things are such big picture they, that they're out, outside of our control. We can't control if grandma goes out and plays bingo with no mask on and somebody coughs on her. That's her stuff, not yours, right? And having a spiritual connection enables us to say, hey, this isn't mine. This is outside of my control. I'm going to hand this off to you. Now, that's so much easier than just saying, oh, I need to stop worrying. It's, it's, it's outside of my control. I just need to let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. Because where's it going to go? Who's going to deal with it? Who's going to handle it? It feels very scary to do that. So I think that's the importance of, of spirituality. So we can let go of the things that are outside of our control so that we can reshift our focus back on what is within our control. So in those contexts that we just shared, like the pandemic, wearing a mask or you know wearing a mask if you believe that that's really going to support you. Um, if... I'm trying to think of another scenario, the, uh, the election, showing up to vote, doing your part, reaching out to, to officials, to your local government, right? Those are the things that are within your control that empower you, you're able to step forward. So it really, it's all, I think all interconnected, the spiritual quote unquote realm and the physical world that we're living in and the way that we move through our lives. Was there another example or take? There was two, you said. Yeah, there was two, there was two. Um, if I can know, there's, there's no limits on this show. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to bring it back now. Um, so that was the first thing, the letting go of things that are outside of your control. The, the second thing was, is going to come back to me, but it's not coming right now. Okay. Well, I, I just want to let you know yeah. that this portion of the episode will be titled Stress Less Spiritually. Ooh, fun. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, you know, actually, one thing that I do want to define um, is how we define spirituality at the Stress yeah. Less Company, because I think you'll find it interesting. So the way we define spirituality is it is the undefined thing that leads us from a state of struggle to a beautiful state of mind. All right. So say that again a little bit slower. Okay. So spirituality, the undefined thing that leads us from a state of struggle to a beautiful state of mind. Metaphysical, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, it's beautifully said. Thank you. Thank you. I think that it's it's a key definition, at least with the work that I do, because 
Um, I know for me, returning to a sense of spirituality was really scary and really threatening. And, um, but I also knew that if I was in my garden, I felt really spiritually connected or with, if my dog was being silly, I felt really spiritually connected. Right. And that was, that was okay too. I can hear your dog. What's your dog's name? <laughs> His name is Saul and he just uh, was sniffing at a plant and decided that his nose was not interested <laughs> and decided to sneeze. <laughs> his nose, yeah. 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 He's a Beagle-Bassett mix, so oh. everything smells interesting to him. <laughs> yeah, he experiences life through his nose, as most dogs do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, what else, Carly? What what uh, what are you at in the next year? I mean, we've been through a, a year plus of pandemic stuff, and it's still going on. And just for the record, you know, I think this pandemic is the first of many. Yeah, think, well, it's not not the first, right? There's no, been... it's not the first. I mean, you know, it's measles, chicken pox, polio. You know, yeah, it's like flu. people. Is, yeah, yeah, people say they don't want to wear a mask, and I I basically after my little studies of it say. You do understand that 30% of the people that you know now, have they not been vaccinated, their ancestors or whatever, been vaccinated for polio, measles, da-da-da-da, would, they wouldn't even exist today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get the risks I, and stuff. <laughs> but. Yeah. I, you know, I have a, a really unique way of looking at all, all of this, and um, I think that, I, I really, I don't know if it's because I'm a Libra and I have the scales, right? I can weigh all the, oh. all of the different sides. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, but I also have the understanding that regardless of, of that person's choice, mask or no mask or social distance or no, or not, that it's really a response of either the spirit or the ego mind, depending on if it's from love or from fear to, to keep them safe. Right. So I think it's all about keeping other people safe myself. Well, I think that it is a little, you can have that perspective, but I think that there's also the initial primal response, right? Mm. So when people get really worked up and pissed off and frustrated Mm. and, and whatnot, and I apologize, my dog is now coughing. He just wants to show up at this part of the, the, uh, our conversation. No, we're still in a pandemic and it's like uh, everybody gets a free pass. The screaming kids, the slamming doors, the the coughing dogs, the cats that run across the keyboard and shut down your Zoom video or whatever else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I actually no, find it very entertaining. I you know, I do too. And I think it makes people more human. You know, yeah, we're not just some yeah. talking, we're not talking heads, but um where was I? I was Remind me where I was before my dog started lovingly coughing. Let me tell you something. I have the gift of ADD, so I have no idea. <laughs> if it yeah. doesn't happen, if it doesn't happen now, I tell my partner Stephanie, you know, like she'll be talking and talking, and there's something important I want to say, and then after she's all said and done, she says, "Yeah, what were you going to say?" And I go, "Honey, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. It's gone." Oh. You know, it's it's about the the ego and spirit, right? It's about keeping us safe. And I think that when we're in that primal state, when people get really worked up, that's mm-hmm. all that it is. 
Yeah. It really is. And I think we can have so much more compassion and so much more perspective for the person that is engaging in an activity that may be different than what we would like. Because from for them, it's about survival. It's about keeping them safe. So for instance, I have I have a, a friend who is uh, what they would categorize as, as a, a quote, anti-masker. And I also understand that for him, love and belonging connection is like his him his lifeblood so i understand that for him his fear is that and i'm and this is a little bit of a guessing game right but mm -hmm. it's the fear of 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 loneliness of being abandoned of of losing connection and that when we come at it from that perspective when we understand that the ego mind is saying no masks because i want love and connection and warmth and and all of this stuff then we can we can see it from a completely different perspective and we can give that person the grace in how they behave and also maybe we can we can have a conversation right where, yeah, where that's they're what I open want. to a, a different perspective a different way of doing things it's called i call it walking in another person's moccasins i learned that mm -hmm. when i lived in santa fe mm -hmm. so i had a really interesting conversation a week ago with somebody I haven't seen for a long time and produced their podcast, this woman, um, break up rehab, start back stronger. And, uh, Rebecca's interesting, but no mask, no vaccine, none of that stuff at all. And we had a, you know, and we, we were having lunch together. I was masked, you know, it was, we were both masked cause we had to be, but you know, we just got in the conversation and I just expressed my view and she says, we're not going to have that conversation. And I said, you know what, Rebecca, we are. And then I, I just said, you know, this is part of the problem in our country of division is that nothing gets worked out without relationship and conversation. Let's have the conversation. And we ended up spending another hour having the conversation so that it allowed me to uh, walk in her moccasins and get her perspective and hers and mine. And we both walked away from that lunch, both of us much taller much mm -hmm. more human yeah and respect well, it respectful of each other it was incredible you know no hallucination we now know where we stand yeah and i i think too in having these conversations it it has to start with um and and this is really just i have a sense that it did start from this place for you in conversation with her but it really does have to start with this sense this awareness that there is a deep reason for the way, for the beliefs and the way that someone is engaging. It's not, it is, I yeah. should say it's almost never because of hate. It's almost never because of, yep. uh, of just like trying to be rude or, or being disrespectful. It's, it's really never from that place. It is from a, usually from a place of either fear or of love and it, and it can vary. And so when we have that perspective, we're able to, to be open to their experience and hearing their experience instead of saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Um, and also I think going into the conversation, knowing that maybe there's parts of our own experience that is in, isn't quite in alignment, that isn't quite there, that needs to have a little bit of that other person's opinion. Um, for instance, uh, your comment about physical distancing versus social distancing, right? Um, I was just talking to a gentleman the other day who has been isolated for the last year and a month, month, two months, right? 
He's isolated his family, his wife, his children. And now he's experiencing extreme loneliness. And he's having, he's showing up for Zoom calls and doing his business and doing all of that. But the isolation and the loneliness is real. And my guess is, is that while he is, I think he's on maybe the extreme side of the mask and the vaccine stuff, he would probably really benefit from a conversation like with someone like your friend where he could see that maybe there's a middle ground. Maybe it's, it's not all isolation and fear, but there's a little bit of connection that is needed a little bit of love mm. a little bit and i'm assuming what your friends uh, uh standpoints are but i think that that is the power is saying okay well i may feel very self-righteous here and i may feel very self-righteous over here but maybe there's somewhere in the middle where we can agree and we can meet and yeah. there's some shifts in perspective that can happen yeah so like i said earlier um Yesterday, there, you know, I got my shot yesterday and then went to the Carlsbad Flower Fields, which was the first event the Chamber, Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, I'm very involved with them, has had in, I don't know, a year and two months or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And to see the people that I am spending so much time, not too much, but so much time with on Zoom committee calls and stuff like that, see them face to face was all wearing masks because we were required, but, you know was an incredible thing. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it, it was, you know, we just don't get the same juice over Zoom that you get face to face. So mm -hmm. people would walk up to me kind of like, do I know you? Because I'm wearing a mask, right? And I would just say, it's John. As soon as they heard my voice, they would know, oh my God, I didn't recognize you, you know? <laughs> so there's... Yeah. You know, so I get it. And walking in this other person, this friend of mine, Rebecca's moccasins for a while, I get it because she is highly relational. Mm -hmm. You know, she she travels all over the place and spends a lot of time, you know, with people. And, you know, I get it. You know, I get it. So uh, it's very, very interesting. Can't wait for all the uh, books that will be written about this time. <laughs> so get to work, Carly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. You got it. <laughs> get, in, get my pen now. <laughs> Old school. But, so I'd like to wind this up. Yeah. But anything, any closing remarks and uh, make sure you talk about how to engage with you and where to engage with you and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, my first thought is that if you feel like you've tried it all, just know that you haven't and that there is something that is uniquely for you to discover, to reduce stress. And, and I'm really talking to the audience here. But And then the other component is where you can find me. So you can find me basically everywhere except for Twitter on social media at The Stress Less Co. That's The Stress Less Co. And I also, speaking of potentially working together and what that process looks like, um, should you feel called to do a little bit more work to let go of the exhaustion, um, the overwhelm, the stress, I do offer the opportunity to apply for a complimentary stress assessment. And so what that looks like is, first of all, we you would share exactly what's causing, you know, what's going on, what's causing the overwork, the exhaustion, the stress. I will listen deeply. I'll hold energetic space. And then from there, Together, we will create, we'll figure out exactly why you haven't found the peace and the freedom that you desire yet. Yet is the key word there. Um, so you have the opportunity to apply for that and 
you can just visit stresslessco.com slash apply in order to apply for that. That's a great offering. Thank you. That's really great. Hopefully you'll be so overrun and busy (laughs) that you'll say, I'd really like to do another episode with you, but the last one was a bit overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That would, that would be incredible to have so many people ready to do the work and ready to find that. Yeah. All right, Carly. Thank you. Thank you, John, so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. Yeah, I know. We will do it again, I have a feeling. I, I'll tell you what I'm feeling is is um, a uh, summit coming up. Ooh. Yeah, bring on, bring on uh, women who are strong leaders. You know, that would be you and several others. Yeah. Oh, I'd be so down for that. I would love that. Oh, good. That. Good. I'll <laughs> stick you on the list. All right. You got it. <laughs> All right. All right. Until next time, you know. You can actually get to this video stream or share it with people from Imagine Podcasting on YouTube. Just do a search for Imagine Podcasting, and there's a a playlist there called What Has My Attention. And that's the audio podcast um, that this will also get released on, and What Has My Attention. Dot com, actually. All right. So, Carly, talk to you soon. Thank you so much again for having me. You bet. Produced by Imagine Podcasting, we help businesses eliminate competition by elevating their brand and message to be heard. Visit imaginepodcasting.com for more information. 